Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, and uh, it's going to be a fun show. So coming up in the second segment, we're going to hear from John Horace. We played a little bit uh, earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. We're going to play some more of it, what we did in here on the Big Show earlier today, the second half of it. He gets into really talking about Giannis uh, and his whole deal going on, and uh, he gets into talking about George Floyd and the Minnesota situation. Uh, If you haven't been following that one, uh, the NBA, there's rumblings out there that the NBA may cancel a whole slate of games uh, depending on what happens with that verdict on that police officer. That has been the talk over the weekend. Now, the trial, I believe, ends today, uh, and then we'll know more here by the end of the week. So whether or not they will or not, we'll have to wait and see. But that that is the rumblings around that they may cancel a slate of games uh, depending on the verdict of what happens in Minnesota. So, yeah, uh, John Horse also addresses that as well, I believe of part of the interview that we will hear or part of the presser from earlier today when he met with the media. Also, uh, coming up in the third segment of the show, Keith Tozer, longtime Milwaukee Wave head coach and now commissioner of a futsal league, professional futsal league, uh, and just doing great things. Well, why am I having Keith Tozer on? If you listen to Bart Winkler earlier this morning, uh, Bart was talking about this super league uh, being formed in soccer. And where it takes, you know, all the best teams from across all these different leagues. And then they're essentially going to play games during the week uh, against each other. And it's all the the super teams, essentially. All, all the teams with all the money and so forth, all the best players on it. Uh, and they're going to play consistently, you know, like a league, league season or whatever. Well, it's gotten everybody all bent out of shape uh, in the soccer world and at one point today, I went on ESPN's website. It was the lead story. Plus, there was two other, two or three other stories on the right side also talking about it. Uh, so soccer getting a ton of play in the media about it. Uh, normally, we would not talk about soccer, obviously. But this is a big enough story where I, I'm intrigued by it because I was kind of thinking about this. Like, okay, how would this affect baseball? Could you do this in baseball? The answer, no. Uh, in the NBA. Now, the NBA would be one where maybe it would be possible if there were enough really, really good teams in, say, Europe uh, and other parts of the world to where you could form this. Maybe then uh, you could do this. But again, you're talking about all all over the place. The travel would be a nightmare and so forth. And, you know, the basketball around the rest of the country, you know, would it shape up or would it match up with what the NBA has? Uh, would there be enough good, really, really good teams consistently to do that year in and year out. I don't think it works there either. National Football League definitely doesn't work there either. There is nothing else other than the National Football League at this point. I mean, the XFL is going to try again, but that's not at the same time of year. It's completely a different scenario. Uh, They're going to match up, it looks like, or at least there's been talk of matching them up with the CFL. So I don't think there's anything there to it either. Soccer is different in the aspect of there's relegation. Now, I understand that Bart Winkler on the morning show, he he's he likes relegation, right? So what relegation is, is this. Let's say, this would have definitely have happened, during their Brewers' 26 years of misery of being horrible and now being in the playoffs, the Brewers essentially would have been relegated 
Because if you're the bottom three team or bottom four team, however many teams you want to make it at the bottom of your league, if you finish in one of those bottom positions, you then would essentially move down to AAA and compete at the AAA level until you were able to win enough to get yourself back up while somebody else would be relegated. And this goes from year to year. So then let's say the Nashville Sounds were really good and the Brewers were really bad. Nashville then would become a Major League Baseball city for that year. And the Milwaukee Brewers would become a AAA affiliate at that point. This will never happen uh, with Major League Baseball. But that's kind of the idea of how kind of soccer works over there. And these super teams that they're putting together uh, are teams from all over in all these different leagues. Well, now what's happening is now you're having the organizations that run these different soccer leagues trying to all come together to try and stop this. Now, why would they want to try and stop this for? Because these teams are all going to make a crazy, crazy amount of money off of this deal with you know sponsor rights and a TV deal and all of this other stuff, and they're going to take all the money. So the rich just get richer. That's all that's going to happen here. It's just going to make it even more of a huge void between the haves and the have-nots in the soccer world. So now it's threatening of, well, you're not going to be able to, you know, if you if you play in that, then, you know, we're not going to let you play in the World Cup. If you play in that, then we're not going to let you, you know, play in the Champions League. If you play in that, then you're not going to allow you to compete in the Premier League or whatever the case may be. So they're trying to throw out all these threats to try and stop this from actually happening. There's only one huge problem. I see all of this, and if you're a soccer fan, please tell me where I'm wrong. If you say, well, Messi... Now, you're no longer involved in anything other than the Champions League. You're going to kill your sport. Ronaldo, you're no longer involved in anything other than the champ in, in this the Super League. And his team isn't either, nor is Messi's team. If you do something like this, you're going to kill the sport. You really are. You're going to kill your TV ratings. You're going to kill your sponsorship money if you don't allow these guys to essentially do what they want. They have the power. If you think superstars are big in professional sports in this country, take that and multiply it by like, I don't know, 10 or 20 or more than that as far as how much they control in other sports. I mean, all you have to do is go on the internet and just put, you know, highest paid athletes in 2020. I'll just type it in right now. Highest paid athletes in 2020 and look at what comes up. And I'm I'm going to tell you right now, Cristiano Ronaldo, $105 million. He was the second highest paid in 2020. This is according to Bleacher Report. Number one was Roger Federer in tennis, which is amazing. $106.3 million. Then Ronaldo at 105. Then Lionel Messi at 104. Then Neymar at $95.5 million. Then, finally, you get to LeBron James. You have three of the top four are soccer players before you even get to the top basketball player. Guys, this is no joke. I mean, they really control things. So if you're going to go after these guys and say, sorry guys, but you know, you're not going to be able to play in our league, it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. You can make as many threats as you want. I don't see anything getting in the way of starting this. Because even if, let's say, they kick all these teams out of their leagues that they're currently in, done. You're no longer playing in our leagues. Okay, fine. The amount of sponsorship money and TV ratings that they'll get with their super league that they're going to form will double, triple, quadruple, 10 times, 20 times as much as what everybody else is going to have left to watch. That's what it's going to be. And if you're a diehard soccer fan and you're going to get mad about it, well, that's fine. You can get mad about it. But the fan bases of the teams that are going to be in this Super League, again, are way, way, way bigger than the teams that aren't going to be in the Super League. This is a home run grand slam idea that these teams from all different leagues put together to come together to form this to get even richer. That's what it is. And save me the crying about rivalries and we face these teams since the early 1900s and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Stop. Just stop. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Fans, fans, some fans are going to be mad, right? So if, if we said, hey, 
Packers and Bears aren't happening no more. It's, not, it's all done. Bears are going to the AFC. There's not going to be interdivision, interdivision, interconference games anymore. Only chance you're going to see the Packers and Bears again will be in the Super Bowl if they were to face each other. Right? If that were to happen, would you stop watching the Packers? Would you stop watching the NFL? Of course not. No, you wouldn't. There's no chance you would. If they said, hey, Brewers and Cubs, that's not happening anymore either. They're done. They're going to AL. So you're not going to see the Cubs or the White Sox. That rivalry's dead. Unless you see them in the World Series, that's over. Are you going to stop watching the Brewers? Are you going to stop buying tickets to go to Brewers games? Nope. Absolutely not. In fact, you actually may go to more Brewers games because now the Cub fans won't be up here for 19 times or whatever it is. It won't be 19 times. They play each other 19 times. So, you know, nine times or whatever the case is throughout the course of a year. But you're still going to watch. The whole aspect, and Rami just did this, what was it, last week. And he was talking about, you know, what makes a rivalry and, and so forth. It is one of the most overrated things of why people watch sports of all time. Of all time. Because if you got rid of Packer Bears, Bears fans are still going to watch. Packer fans are still going to watch. It's not going to matter. If you got rid of Brewers Cubs, still going to happen. Just is. It's not going to affect it. Go to college. Let's say you got rid of Michigan and Ohio State. Those That's not happening anymore. Ohio State's moving. They're going to a different conference. And that's done. Michigan doesn't want to play them. It's over. Is Dan Plucker going to stop watching Michigan football games? No. Still going to have his Michigan hat on. Still going to watch the Wolverines. And if you're a Buckeyes fan, you're still going to watch your Buckeyes. Alabama-Auburn, another big rivalry. That's in the same state. If something were to happen where those two were separated, it wouldn't be the same necessarily. But those fans wouldn't stop going to Tuscaloosa to go watch an Alabama football game. It's not going to happen. They're Alabama fans first, rivalry second, or third, or however you want to look at it. So the whole argument about, well, this is going to kill the sport of soccer because the rivalries are going to be taken away and that, that, all this other stuff, if they get kicked out of their leagues and their leagues don't do anything, no way. I, I don't I don't see how, how the Super League doesn't have all the advantage here and all the upper hand. But having said that, that is why I'm going to have, that's why I'm going to have Keith Tozer on. Going to have Keith Tozer on, the former white head coach and a long-time soccer guy in the community. We talk soccer, it starts and ends with Keith Tozer in this community. And he's now commissioner for Futsal League and so forth. But I reached out to him today and said, hey, man, I want to get your thoughts on this. Because again, do I watch soccer? Yes. Am I a huge soccer fan? Well, probably not, but I watch more of the national teams, right? So I watch the U.S. men's team. Don't miss any of those. And I watch the U.S. women's team. I don't miss any of those. That's something that we watch in our house, both of them. Do I get into watching the rest of them? No. Uh, World Cup? Yes, I'm watching the World Cup. Absolutely. I'm there and watching that. Olympics? Yes, watching the Olympics too. But, but again, I mean, from, from my aspect of looking at this, I just think it's a brilliant idea. It's brilliant. I, I don't think any other sport can do it and pull it off, but soccer can do it because of the goofy way it's set up around the world. And I just don't think it's going to change. It's going to kill the other leagues if they kick them out, though. I'll tell you that one. Uh, let's go to Ahmed, listening downtown. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Long time no talk. What's up, Ahmed? How's it going? Good. So I, I, caught, I caught the tail end of your conversation. I, I'm not sure you completely get with the Super League. So I'm a big Italian league fan. I, I actually, I'm a big Juventus fan who's going to be part of this league. Ronaldo, but yep. The way, yeah, so the, the way I can more along, uh, 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 like, explain it in American terms as if, like, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State left the Big Ten yep. with Alabama, Auburn, maybe USC. That college, State. you could do it with college. You're right about that. That's a good comparison. Yep, you could do it with yeah. college. Yep, but okay. They, 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 form, they form a new conference, Yep. right? Yep. All those top football teams. But simultaneously, it's a closed league. So only the national champion can only come from that newly created conference. But that's what it is already. It doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter because right now you have the, quote, power five conferences. You've pretty much already set it up with conferences, maybe not a group of five or ten teams, but legitimately, Ahmed, that's what it is anyhow. You're not going to have Boise State win the national title. Some of these schools have no chance of winning the national title, none. Northwestern's not winning it. I mean, come on. So do you think Wisconsin ever has a chance of winning it? That would be because of some of these big teams. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. These mid-split, like Leicester and the EPL just – in 2016, they won the EPL, went to the Champions League, made it to the quarterfinals. Yep. You know, correct. That was a huge big, story. You're, you're 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 still eliminating some big teams. So I follow Italian league soccer. So some of the other big teams are like Roma, the team from Rome, or uh, Napoli from Naples. So you're you're still leaving off some big teams, and you're completely eliminating them from ever having the chance for, of winning a European championship. So, like, would you be okay with Wisconsin being completely left off? This brand-new conference of, let's just say, 15 members for college football. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Look, I, I am the king of dreaming about the Badgers winning a national football championship, right? I, I, I'm i a dreamer, and I understand this. Gary laughs at me all the time because I'm always trying to figure out a way how it possibly could get done. Legitimately, it may very well never happen in our lifetime because they probably can't recruit at that same level. And to be honest with you, I don't I don't think there's more than probably five to ten teams that could be put into what you're saying for college football, realistically, that can hang with Alabama and Ohio State and these other schools that are recruiting at a super high level, like Clemson or whatever. But I mean, if if let's say they did that, let's say there's ten teams, right? But what if they did it like soccer, right? And where you have a relegation where every three years, four years, whatever it is, the bottom three switch out and the new three teams come in. And you could do the same thing with the Super League if you really wanted to, where, look, the bottom three teams every three years or whatever it's going to be with the three worst winning percentages are going to get booted out and three new teams are going to get put in. But that, that's the thing, though. This new Super League is... Locked so in for 20 years, years right? It's, it's, it's completely closed off. Right. For so 20 years, I think it is. The American, huh? For 20 years, I think the deal is. Yeah, so basically, it's a closed-off league in a similar fashion as the NFL. Correct. Basically. They, occasionally, they might invite five teams to come join them every, every now and again. I think there's five rotating teams. So it's basically the, the right now the richest clubs just stay as the richest clubs. Correct, and make even more money. Exactly. Right, and people so, are going to watch. Soccer's, di- soccer's different though than the NFL or NBA. It's like there's the, the average fan is more of that dreamer, like Gary, you know, with sure. Wisconsin, you know. Yep. So it takes away a lot of the romanticism of the game. That's why everybody's angry. Yep, no question. It absolutely does. Thanks for the call. And he's he's 100% right. The rich are going to get richer. That's the whole point of this whole thing. But to the college football comparison, and that's the best one I didn't think of. It. I thought of all the pro leagues. But from a college aspect, yeah, that's a great one, right? So Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Okay, now once you get past those three, now start talking about who are the other schools that recruit at a high level like those three that can compete year in and year out. For all those years. Because right now, technically, it's not a closed league. Technically, they're not in their own conference. Realistically, they already are. They don't play each other regularly every year. But they're already there, guys. They're Ohio. When Urban Meyer was at Ohio State, do you remember that conversation? Urban Meyer goes, man, I wish the rest of this conference could recruit like we do. It would be awfully nice if the rest of this conference could step up the recruiting. He criticized the Big Ten for not recruiting at a higher level. That, I mean... This has been going on for a while. As far as Ohio State running roughshod over the Big Ten, said it when Urban Meyer got here, and it's happened. Urban Meyer left, now it's Ryan Day. Still happening. So technically, no, there's not a separate conference. Technically, no. Realistically, we're already there. We're already there in college sports, folks. We are already there. All right, we'll get more into this with Keith Tozer uh, coming up uh, at about 2.35 uh, or so. Coming up next, so I want you to hear uh, the second half uh, of John Horse press conference from earlier today gets into Giannis and some other stuff. That's coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM The Fan. Follow us on Twitter at 1250 AM The Fan. Facebook.com slash 1250 AM The Fan. Don't forget to download that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. 
download that app. You can rewind anything within the last 24 hours heard here on 1250 The Fan. Coming up next on The Fan, Rami Makhlouf, The Rami Show. Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day Podcast comes up at 4 o'clock, as you just heard there in the promo. The franchise, Tim Allen, comes up at 4.30. More mock draft mockery coming up uh, at about 4.45. Uh, and he'll be talking some Bucks basketball uh, in the back half of the 3 o'clock hour, talking about the Brewers to lead off the show coming up at 3.00. All right, so John Horst talked earlier today to the uh, media, uh, and we played uh, the beginning part of it earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. He talked at 10 o'clock this morning, so it's been a while. But uh, here is the second half of that presser with Bucks GM John Horst, and then we'll talk with Keith Tozer coming up in the next segment. You know, last year you guys go through the bubble, um, and you're playing, things don't go well. Um, what what do these moments feel like for you? What does it feel like for you as you're watching the team that you put together that, you know, you're thinking is going to be good enough to compete for a championship, ultimately not do it? Like, what was, what was that time in the bubble like for you? And then as you you know you're about a month away from finding out whether or not this team is good enough to do it again, what does that feel like for you again now? Yeah, in the moments, uh, if you've ever played pinball, just imagine, like, your brain is a pinball machine. I think you just, like, you're going all over the place. I mean – I'm a, I'm a paid observer. I'm a paid, a hired observer. And so you're literally observing every element of an environment and a circumstance as it unfolds and trying to figure out, you know, where you missed, where you hit, um, what you can control, what you can't control. Um, you're doing that with a ton of stress and angst and, and anxiety. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a rapid assessment and reflection on, you know, kind of what you thought, you know, based on what you're seeing. Um, So the moments are, you know, high, high stress, you know, um, and I think that's kind of typical of any game. I feel like anytime we play a game, you constantly, I constantly go through that type of um, cycle as I watch a game Uh, leading up to a playoff season that we're about to go into. um, There's a lot of, you know, you're nervous about it. You're anxious about it, but you're also excited. I think um, a lot of things we've talked about here already study the hell out of this stuff. I think, you know, I'm excited about a lot of the metrics. I, I do believe in the numbers. I do believe in the data. Um, and I believe in the people, you know, I believe both sides of it. And so there's the quantitative and the qualitative part of this business um, that I feel really good about how it's lining up right now going into a playoff season. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of factors, um, some within our control, some outside of our control um, that have an impact on what's deemed as ultimate success year in and year out. And uh, I, I would say this, you know, I think like, and it's okay. This is what we signed up for. These are expectations. Everyone talks about ultimate success as winning a championship. And that's what we want to do here in Milwaukee. But what we've said from day one is we want to build a team that's in a position to compete for a championship year in and year out. And if you do that over a long period of time, then hopefully you knock on the door and, and you win one or you win two or you win three. I don't know if San Antonio is the best ever or not, but that was the model. And they were able to do it five times. And what I'm most proud of and most thankful for is – to date for the last three plus years, we've built a team that's been in a position to compete for a championship. And we're going to be in that same position this year. And I don't know if anyone's read it or not, but we've signed Giannis and and Chris and Drew, and we've got Brooke and we've got a young group of guys and Mamadi and Jordan and Sam and Dante, um, Brennan, Pat and Bobby. We'll kind of figure out what those guys do going forward, but we have a core group that should sustain the success for years to come. And so that's been the goal. That's been the plan. And I think we're in a position to do that. And then you mentioned the idea of wanting to be more flexible as a team tactically. And, and then you've also mentioned the idea of pushing more of your salary up to the the top level of, of your roster. Um, that's a pretty significant change from the way you built the team last year. Like both, both of those things are very different. What has it been like to watch those things kind of unfold? Uh, was, it, was there some nervousness in the first month? Like how did you kind of get through that? Yeah, there was, there still is. And, and you're right. Like it, it was an intentional move. It's in our off season planning based on what we'd done the previous two years, we decided to take a different approach and really at the end of the day, all we have is minutes and money. And we decide to put our most minutes into our most money. And, and instead of trying to be 12 or 13 or 14 deep in terms of playoff competitive deep, let's have the best seven or let's have the best eight. And I don't know if we've done that or not. That's been the goal. It's what we've tried to do. It doesn't mean that nine through 13, 14, 15 aren't really important, aren't really good. It's just, it's different. We've got guys like Sam and Jordan and Mamadi and Axel on a two-way and different guys that are growing and developing. 
developing in the system um, that hopefully will be there as lower cost options for us going forward. But yeah, I think for us, again, 11, 11 different players from last year's point to this year's point. Um, if you told me that last year we could have PJ Tucker and Bobby Portis and Jeff Teague and Bryn Forbes in our top nine and Pat Compton in our top 10, I'd say that's incredible. And in what was probably a month ago or maybe six weeks ago, a, a level of anxiety and nervousness because I'm not sure we were deep enough. Now it's like, you know what? We're right back. Even though I do think we're better through seven or better through eight, I actually think we have really good depth through nine, 10 or 11. And so that's, again, that's a credit to Bud and how these guys have developed and worked and the players and how they developed and worked and how it's come together. But we'll see, you know, we'll see if, it, if, if we are deeper, if we are better, who knows, you know, I hope we are. We'll find out. Steve McGargy. Thanks for doing this. I'm just wondering with, you've mentioned injuries with this truncated schedule, how much more or less of an impact just league wide have injuries had because of the compressed schedule, do you think? Yeah, Steve, it's, it's been written about a lot recently and talked about a lot. Um, knock on wood. I don't know that we felt it as much as maybe some other teams. Uh, I do think it's, it's a condensed, the combination of having a condensed schedule um, particularly the teams that have had to play a lot of games in the back half because they missed games in the front half um, due to COVID uh, protocols. And you have a shortened uh, off season and a shortened training camp. I think it puts a lot of pressure um, on teams, on the athletes. Um, our medical staff is amazing, you know, led by Tro Troy Flanagan and his group and what they do. I think we've done an incredible job thus far managing it. Um, it's a hard thing to do. But I think I think it's had an impact. I don't have I don't have the empirical data in front of me to tell you that we're up X percentage this year in injuries over last year. I, I don't really know um, if that's the case or not. I can tell you that mentally and physically, having the condensed schedule, having a shortened training camp, having a shortened off season um, is taxing on an athlete and taxing on a team. And you know we're doing the best that we can with it. Like I'm sure the rest of the teams are. I know it's not going to directly impact y'all, but. The seven through 10 playoff format with the play in games and stuff like that. What kind of impact do you think that's going to have? What do you make of it? What kind of impact do you think it will have on the end of the regular season and also the start of the playoffs having, that, having it that way? Yeah. I mean, we, so we had it last year. We tried it out. Um, I love the excitement for the league. I love that Adam Silver and, and the league and the ownership groups that are in place now are progressive and that they are willing to try different things to generate revenue, to generate interest for our game. Um, I think it does just that. I think they are really exciting, compelling games, compelling matchups. Um, for us, how does it impact us? I think it ends up starting the playoffs maybe six days later than it typically would because you're waiting for a playoff kind of tournament to play out. Not that big of a deal. In some ways, probably even better. It gives you a chance to, to really kind of prep going into the playoffs, unlike what you would um, in a different time. You know, where we're at, where we're at right now with the, the third seed, um, not impactful, I guess. You know, if we got to the second seed, I think we're two and a half games away from Brooklyn right now for the second seed. If we got there, I guess it could have an impact on who your opponent is. And so not knowing your opponent until, you know, a day before or whatever just creates double the work because you have to prep for two teams instead of instead of one. So that could have some sort of impact. But by and large, it's it's a play to generate excitement and energy around our game and around our league and generate revenue. And I'm all for that. Steve Ashburner. Hi, John. Um, this, uh, besides the differences that were going to come about this season by virtue of incorporating new personnel and changing up some of your team strategies, of a decision was there made by you guys that this season should have a different feel, have a different pace, um, not be a rerun of what we saw, you know, last season. I mean, those seasons were great from a regular season standpoint, but to change things up, and I'm, and I'm wondering if, if accepting or playing out of a lower seed was sort of part of that bargain. Uh I don't think it was a, a guaranteed conceded part of the bargain. I think it was a, a possibility and an expectation that could be a result of, of what we plan our plans and what we were going to try to do. Um, when you're going to, in some ways, overhaul a portion of the roster, the corpse by most part stayed intact, but overhaul a portion of the roster uh, philosophically, try things differently offensively and defensively. And you're going to do it in the midst of a shortened off season, lack of training camp and a condensed season, 
I think, um, and, and thankfully, you know, Bud and I communicated this well to, to those that are, uh, you know, our stakeholders, um, these could be the results of trying to do that. And I think if, if you asked any of us right now, if we, if we wanted to make all those same decisions and we could be the number one seed and have, you know, 40 wins right now or whatever, like, okay, yeah, yeah, sign us up, right? Um, you know, 45, whatever it is. Um, but I don't think that any of us are, are um, stressing over the fact that we're now only 14 games over 500. We're not the number one seed currently. We're the third seed. Um, we've been historically great in the regular season the last two years. And, you know, as I've been reminded, like we did have a really good playoff run two years ago. I think we were 10 and one at one point in the playoffs until, until we lost a few games last year was last year, you know, we don't need to revisit that. And then here we are this year. And so, um, yeah, we're not historically great right now in the regular season. I don't think any of us are worried about that. Um, but I don't think that any of us intentionally said we want to, you know, try to be the third seed. I just think that we want to try to do, do things differently offensively, defensively with a roster and hopefully have success at the right time. If you if you can remember from uh, last season at about this time, what have you what have you seen, heard, or noticed from your players this season in terms of how they have approached things, how it relates to what they they experienced previously, what they what they came in wanting to accomplish regular season and, and postseason. Yeah, great question. I, the guys are in a great spot right now. Um, collectively, they're together. You know, PJ and, and Jeff have had another element, I think, um, of experience and excitement around the group. The group, I think, has a strong belief in themselves, a strong belief in what we're doing. Um, I don't think that's different than than the last couple of years. I think, I think it's refreshing to see it in the midst of what could be. It, we've been through some adversity. This team has been through some adversity this year some because of the environment and what's going on in the world um, and some just because of what's went on internally within our own little um, ecosystem uh, to, to go through that adversity throughout the regular season and remain committed and together and have the, have the self-belief and, and the organizational belief, I think is a really positive thing for what is really hard to do, which is win in the playoffs. You have to win um, and win over a long period of time in the playoffs, a lot of games, tough, tough matchups, tough opponents. And I think it's good to have that adversity going into it. Um, and to feel through it. And I think our group has done that this year. And But today, at this point in time, compared to maybe the last two years at this point in time, I think it's very positive and very um, together. Lance Allen. Hey, John, just to uh, follow up on Steve's question, you know, some the general overview of the season would be that you have dealt with more adversity, that you've had some uh, wins that you've really had to work for, like the overtime one in Philly or Drew Holiday hitting the hitting the game winner and stuff like that, or some tough losses and you've had adversity and injuries and things like that. There's a theory out there that, hey, what you go through in the regular season makes you tougher for the playoffs. Do you truly feel that? Is that kind of kind of your theory as well? Yeah, I think so. I think most there, there's been a few instances in history where teams have just blown through the regular season and blown through playoffs and won a championship, right? Um, I think that the, the Bulls 72 and 10, you know, is an example, right, of, of one version of it. And then you have the Warriors example of another version of it. And it's, um, I, I think for the most part, there's, I don't know, I have to go back to history. It's a great question. I remember the Detroit Pistons team that won the championship. I believe they were 53 and, you know, 53 and 29 or whatever it would have been, or, you know, 54 and 28 or whatever it was. Um, and I think they were like a second or a third seed. You know, I don't, I don't know how often the number one seed, you know, top record in the league wins a championship. Okay. Is that a, a good data point for having to go through? All right. That's, that's enough of that. All right. So let's real quick. We're going to get to Keith Tozer real quick about this. And it's fine that we're going to talk about, well, you know, sometimes you, you've blown through the regular season and then you're able to win a title and not have any slip ups in the postseason or whatever. Fine. Then he talked about the Pistons. Let's let's revisit something on, on this, okay? There's also, since we're going to bring up random things, there's also times where coaches are good enough to get you to the postseason and can't get you over the hump into a finals, can't get you over the hump into a Super Bowl. Marty Schottenheimer comes to mind in the National Football League. In Detroit, do we remember who the head coach was before Larry Brown got him to a finals? Rick Carlisle, who eventually got his own title in Dallas years later. But Rick Carlisle had 50-plus win seasons. Gone. In comes Larry Brown to get him over the top, and he did that. So there's that too, 
Just just saying. We want to talk about all these other angles. There's also guys that are good enough to get you to the postseason, but not good enough to get you to the promised land at the end of the day. Is Boonholzer one of those guys? That's what we got to find out. And we got to find out how much longer they're going to have the patience to deal with Boonholzer, maybe just being that guy. Great regular season coach, right? Good in the playoffs. Can't get his teams over the hump. Could be what it is with Boonholzer, but it's going to be up to them to decide when they've seen enough to think that that is truly the case. Coming up next, Keith Tozer, longtime former Milwaukee Wavehead coach, now commissioner of a futsal league. We'll talk with him straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness on The Fan. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan and Odyssey.com Sports Station. Dan Plucker, executive producer, just like on the Wendy's Big Show, hangs out with me every day till 3 o'clock as well. If you missed anything on the Wendy's Big Show earlier, Quinn Miners led off the show, the Whitewater offensive lineman. Tim Allen joined us, plus Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com. That was why in a recent piece that he did that we talked about on Friday, while he has Brian Goodenkunst ranked as the 13th general manager when it comes to uh, evaluating the NFL draft and the way the GMs have gone about their business in the NFL draft over the last few years. Had him on as well. If you got that Odyssey app, all you have to do is hit rewind, and you are good to go. Anything within the last 24 hours, with that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, uh, friend of, uh, well, I mean, maybe not this show. This show just started last week. But friend of the station and commissioner of the Professional Futsal League, former uh, head coach over there at the Milwaukee Wave, longtime community guy. He is Keith Tozer joining us. Keith, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Sparky, it's always my pleasure. How you been doing? Doing good. I'm sure you were shocked when I reached out to you today to get you on. Uh, but this this Super League thing here uh, has the world talking. Even if you're not a soccer fan, you can't help but to see it. Uh, earlier today, ESPN had it as the, the feature story, and then I had two or three other stories next to that. I talked about it in the first segment uh, of the show today. Uh, and really what it is, and a, a caller called in Ahmed uh, from downtown and said, look, this would be like college football saying, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and some other schools, say like 10 schools, uh, are going to get together their own conference. You're not going to be allowed to play them. They're only going to play inside conference, and that's where the the college football champion is going to come from at the end of the day, so the rest of you have no chance. Do you like that comparison as to what this Super League is about to be? I think your analogy is spot on. That's exactly what is happening. And if you look at Let's just take the EPL, which is the English Premier League, which is the biggest league in the world. You know, you have five divisions. You have relegation and promotion. So basically, if you're at the bottom of the standings at the end of the year, you drop down. And if you're at the top of the standings, you go up. These clubs don't want to be involved in that. They feel that they maybe give too much to the uh, second, third, fourth, and fifth division. And they want to be able to say, look, at, we're going to be playing the top teams in, in Europe. Um, and we feel that it's going to be a money play, and it could be a huge money play. Then there's, you know, talking about the World Cup, where FIFA and UEFA said that players want to be allowed to go play in the World Cup. Some players don't like to go play in the World Cup uh, for for a lot of different reasons, but a lot of players do like to play in the World Cup. I think that's going to have an important thing. I mean, can you imagine if, this ownership groups of these teams say to the players, you're going to be a part of something really big. Instead of us having to funnel money down through all these other teams, it's going to be able to stay within our club. That means you're going to get more money. You're not going to have to play at the World Cup. I mean, there's a lot of different layers in this thing, and I think there's also going to be a lot of different lawsuits. Okay, so where did the lawsuits angle come from this? So why, who would be getting sued, and how would this play out? Well, I'd imagine that would be lawsuits uh, – from confederations to individual clubs, from their own leagues to the club, maybe dropping out. There might be things in their contract that if you leave the league, you know, there might be an issue there. So I, I know one thing, all these clubs, are some of the big, well, the biggest clubs uh, in, in, in Europe, a lot of smart people and a lot of rich people. And if you look at the six teams that are in England, I believe the majority of those teams are not owned uh, by an entity within England, but owned by outside ownership. So right. they might have a different feeling and how they feel about jumping and, and creating something different. So again, it's a huge story. I, I don't understand if you're one of these owners of these teams that are forming this Super League, 
I don't see the downside. All I see are dollar signs and lots of money because whatever TV deal they sign is going to be through the roof. Uh, as far as sponsorship and branding and all that other stuff, that's going to be through the roof. Everybody's going to want to be a part of this thing because everybody's going to be watching it. But to your point, it's going to really hurt. I don't know about kill, but it's really going to hurt as far as TV ratings and everything else with the rest of these other teams in the Premier League and, uh, and La Liga and some of these other places. Uh, that's true. And, and again, because there's not going to be any relegation or promotion within that league, then the other leagues that the teams that are left over cannot market that they're going to play Liverpool. Right. Not going to market you're going to play Manchester. And, you know, they're, they're pulling money together. And without those top teams, it, it could be a financial hit for those other teams. And then let's talk about the United States. You know, is, is MLS going to have a team that, that plays in the Super League? Is the LA Galaxy going to say, hey, I'm going to go play or Red Bulls or or Dallas is, you know, is a team, or they're going to create their own team but coach, in the Super League? But wait, wait hold on. So th- this is the thing, right? As you're talking, my brain is is going quick. Why wouldn't you want that? As far as for drawing up more interest in U.S. soccer from the overview thing, right? If you put together an all-star team, maybe not a team from a city, but an all-star team of MLS players and say, hey, look, you're going over there and you're going to be a part of this thing and whoever is going to be the owner of it, Mark Cuban, whoever, is going to be the owner of this thing and you're going to participate. I don't, I mean, for me personally, I think that's nothing but positive for for people growing up that want to play soccer or whatever else because now you have that ultimate team that you want to be on to possibly get in there. From a TV rating standpoint, I think... Whoever that team is now has everybody pulling for it in the country. Jersey sales and everything else I go through the I think go through the roof. I think that's a huge positive for soccer in this country if something were like that were to be able to happen. Sure, I think about the players themselves. Who wouldn't want to play yes. all these teams on, on a weekly basis? Who wouldn't want to be involved in, in, in that revenue stream? It, it it's it's a very interesting thing. Is it gonna happen? Um I don't know. Again, I, I really think there's going to be lawsuits. Um, people are going to believe it or not believe it. I mean, it takes Tottenham Hotspurs. They just fired Mourinho, and one of the rumors that's going around is he didn't want to go coach in the Super League, and then he didn't show up for one of the trainings after the announcement, and then the club let him go. Right. True or not true, I don't know, but again, it's a big story. He's a different cat, man. Who was it just came out and said that he doesn't – he doesn't respect his players or something like that. Who was that? Uh, just came out last week. I can't remember who it was. One of his guys that actually went there to play for him and then pretty much trashed him uh, last week after the fact. The other thing about this too, Keith, is when we talk about this Super League and how it all works out, I mean, why couldn't you just have a tournament uh, at you know whatever point? You invite however many teams into the tournament and just simply say, look, if you win the tournament, you can be in the league for the next five years or whatever. You have, But you're going to have to win the tournament with all of us in it. And if your team wins the tournament, you can be in for the next five years or whatever the case may be and have a, a similar type tournament every four or five years to have teams be able to come in and be a part of, again, what's going to be uh, a ton of money involved, whoever's in this thing. A, a ton of money. And, and, you know, probably the pandemic, I, I, I believe this blueprint has been thought of for years. However, with the pandemic and not having fans at a stadium, they obviously the money in television is huge. And how much money will be brought to the table if they know that every week these teams are playing against each other? I mean, I'm sure that's a certain play. And then obviously owners of other teams who are not in the Super League would love to get involved in there. So then they create, like you said, their own tournament. So UEFA has European championships. They have Champions League. Right. And, and, this, and this league can create their own tournaments where every team in the world would want to be involved. No doubt. Especially if the winner gets to be in the league for five years or whatever the case may be. Like, there is no question everybody would want to be involved in that. Everybody would want to, be, want, to, want to be on a team for one of them, and that tournament would have gigantic ratings if they were to do that. So, I don't know. It'll be fun. Thanks for coming on. So, what have you been up to, man? I know you are running the futsal side of things. Yeah, we haven't kicked off yet, but we're still out there. I'm the technical director for United States Youth Futsal. So, up until the pandemic, uh, we would travel you know, the country teaching and then around the world. So, I've pretty much been grounded. But I started a podcast. 
uh, now coming on to the third year. It's called the World of Futsal. Nice. And we started with four listeners, which were my four children. Now we're closing on a quarter of a million listeners. So it's the biggest podcast for futsal in the world. And the owner of the San Diego Soccers, uh, assistant coach uh, Miguel Luna, his family owned a uh, plantation in uh, Mexico, and they had tequila. Make a long story short, two years ago, they started a company called Calafino. They became my official tequila nice. uh, of, of my podcast. And then I asked the owner, hey, by the way, I know most restaurant owners and bar owners in Wisconsin. How can I become involved? I became the Wisconsin brand ambassador for Calafino tequila. Smart we kicked guy. it off last July, and we're in over 200 off-premise and on-premise locations uh, around Wisconsin and growing fast. So the tequila is a great tasting tequila. Go to calafino.com. You are a smart, smart guy, man. You no question. <laughs> what? So if if how do kids get involved in it in the area? Then if you're because you know southeastern Wisconsin, how do they go about getting kids signed up? Like I got a five year old. So how, how early can you get them signed up? And then where would you train and play and all that? Well, within futsal, uh, WSG Wisconsin Sports Group has a futsal academy. Uh, actually, run by my son, Alex. Uh, you can go to WSG Facebook page and, and get more information. I mean, futsal, you know, is growing. It's the fastest growing sport in the world. Uh, all the players that you want to talk about who play for all these clubs in the Super League, majority of them started playing futsal at a young age. Um, right now I'm working with the Houston Dynamo, a major league soccer, and Tom Beyer. Uh, we just put futsal into KIPP charter schools which is kind of like the litmus test, and I think it's going to go fantastic so that we can put futsal in elementary and junior high schools around the country. Uh, and the sport's growing, and, and obviously it's a great sport on its own. So we're excited about that. I'm excited about the Keelan. Yeah, of course you should be. Hey, Keith Tozer, thanks so much for coming on, Coach. I really appreciate it, and uh, continued success, my friend. Thanks, my friend. You bet you take care. There he is, Keith Tozer, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank. Hotline of apply for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Coming up next, we'll tell you what's coming up on the Rami Show. Straight ahead here on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Coming up here in just a couple of minutes, your chance to listen to one Rami Makloff, Andy Herman from the Pack-A-Day podcast, uh, he will be coming up on the show, as will the franchise Tim Allen, as the Brewers get ready to travel to San Diego tonight to take on the Padres. And I am excited uh, to see what that is going to look like tonight for the Brewers. And the reason I say that is because you're going to get Woodruff and Burns here tonight and tomorrow. Uh, and then we'll see just how good this Bruce pitching staff is. I think they're studs. I don't think it's really going to matter if it's the Padres or the Dodgers, who they're facing. But I think a lot of people are going to look at this matchup and say, you know, if Woodruff gets beat up or whatever the whatever happens, he gives up four or five runs. Ah, maybe he's not that good. If Burns gets beat around, uh, maybe they'll say, ah, he's not that good. And I just cannot emphasize enough. Just let's not overreact here, okay? Just like you lose the Pirate series, you're going to lose more series throughout the year. It's a bad baseball teams. It's not going to be the only time you lose, even if you win 92 games. It's still uh, not going to be any different whatsoever later in the year. Now, you lose two of three to the Pirates in September. Is it going to mean a heck of a lot more? Tim Allen would say it shouldn't uh, because it still counts as many wins and losses at that time of the year. Uh, but, yes, it's going to mean a lot more if you lose two out of three to Pittsburgh in, say, August or September uh, at the end of the day. Rami Makhlouf, uh now here in the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. All right, Rami, I already Who said. are you? What happened to you? What? Well, first of all, I got old. Your lime green matured. collared shirt that's buttoned up all the way to I've the had top it collar. For a long time. And and then Steve Sparky Pfeiffer is telling people not to overreact. Yeah, who I mean, are you? Yeah, I've changed over the course of time, man. It's it's. Part I of took up transcendental up. meditation a year ago. I don't know what your excuse is. I don't is even for know how to down. spell that or what it means. <laughs> so that was just a complete wasted line on me because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I don't know what happened to you. I need to know so I can do it because you're way too calm. This. This isn't yeah. the Steve Sparky Pfeiffer that I know and love. I mean, I love this version too. Don't I just, get me wrong, but I think it's it's just 
you know, learning and understanding kind of through experience of getting all fired up over different things and then realizing at the end of the day that maybe you didn't need to get as fired up over I'm not saying and I'm not saying anybody should panic, but I'm you know you know Tim and I are very see eye to eye, very much on the same page in that well, he's base, taller than you, but base, yeah. baseball games you don't have to point that out. Baseball no. games mean the same now that they do in August and September. They don't. they do. They don't. Every game matters in the standings. No, no. doubt about it. As a matter of fact no, they don't. as a matter of fact Two months into the season, Sparky, yeah. you're going to have half your slate against the Cubs and the Cardinals Done. off the board. Yep. Two months into the season. Stupid scheduling. Every one of those games counts for two. Right. We, we always do that math in August and September. Mm-hmm. Like, you're either going to gain a game or you're going to lose I mean, a game on these guys. It's nice that Every you, game counts for two. Right. It's nice that you and Tim, you know, are really get all into this and think it really matters. Uh, it does. That and that's fine. And no, I mean, li- literally using the literal term, yes, it, it, it means as much now as it does there. Because the wins in September don't count for three. If they it lose the division one, by right? a game. Nobody's going to bring up the Pittsburgh series in April. Nobody. But they every will game in that Pittsburgh series means just as much as I'm whatever happens you, in September. Nobody will bring it up. But nobody. But, You're going to bring up what happens in September. Whether you like it or whether Tim likes it, that's what it is. Craig Council's going to manage differently in August and September than he is in April and is, May. Josh Hader is probably pitching multiple innings, if that's a game in September, versus yesterday where he's pitching one inning. This Things is the same thing. This, this is the same thing as, as counting Super Bowl rings. Like, sports fans have just been so brainwashed to think one way and it's just handed down from generation to generation yeah. and y'all just accept it y'all yeah. just go yeah this is how it is mm-hmm. this is how it's always been no dude no you don't have yeah. to think the same way as previous generations it's okay to to deviate and to realize mm-hmm. that a super bowl rings aren't the be all end all and b mathematically speaking games in april and may mean just as much as games in august and september while i have changed and uh you know, over the last few years, whatever the case may be. There are certain things you and I will never see eye to eye on, mm-hmm. and both of those are things that we will never see eye to eye on. We both will see eye to eye on Andy Herman being a really good guest, and yes, he's coming up today. He is. He's coming up at 4 o'clock on the Rami Show. Also, a half-hour block of Tim Allen at 4.30. What? <laughs> You're not impressed by that? You just made a face when I I, I mean, it's really not a half-hour block. It's really <laughs> he gets mean? 15 minutes to talk to Brewers, and then y'all horse around for 15 minutes well, in your mock draft. I mean, let's be real. I I don't follow the clock at all on that show, so it's really oh, more know, it's I've really heard. it's really more like a 40-minute block. Tim will be with me from 4.30 mm-hmm. until we're done with him. Always entertaining, though. <laughs> You yeah. two are always entertaining. Together. Well, thank you. Yeah. So Tim will be here at four thirty for that. And uh, speaking of half hour blocks, half hour block of Brewers talk to start the show, yeah. and a half hour block of Bucks talk to back that up, leading up to Andy Herman. Like I said, nice. at four. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. All right, so that's all coming up straight ahead here on the Rami Show. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning at ten on the Wendy's Big Show, and uh, got some pro football focus draft talk there in the first hour of the show tomorrow. Uh, So looking forward to that. All straight ahead here on 1250 AM, the fan go crew. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.